The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 66th birthday today. Happy birthday to the songbird of a generation. Happy birthday to Michael Bolton. Oh, man. Why should I have to change? He's, he's one who sucks. sucks. <laughs> Michael Bolton, man, what is, he, what is he most, like, if you were to ask when a man loves a woman. 100 people on yeah. the street right now, yeah. uh, presu- assu- assuming we found 100 people who knew who Michael Bolton was, right. sure. what would they know him for? When a man loves a woman. I think it's, yeah, it's got to be that one, right? Boy, yeah. you know what? You I'm curious. Awesome. I'm going to do, I'm gonna do a quick YouTube search and see what, the fir- I'm gonna see what the first thing Can on Can I throw another one is. out there? Oh, okay. Lonely Island. I don't think that's a big enough audience. You don't think it is? I think there's too many. That was, But that brought him into a new, uh, like a definitely a group of people who did not know who he was. For what it's worth, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You is the first link that comes up. Interesting. Ooh. Okay. When a man loves a woman is the fourth video. Oh, no. yeah, well, I disagree. That's, that's not indicative of you know popularity, that, but it is like this is what people typically click on and yeah, you know, by YouTube's algorithm. That so. wouldn't be who I picked. Uh, first four through the door: Jacob John, Brent Holman, Rob Hadaway, and Miziel Romero. Hey guys. And sitting to my right, the broken tea key to my sanity, our West African prince. It is Ishmael Johnson. Hey, what's up? Um, <laughs> this is not my computer. Yeah. This is Tepwife's computer. <laughs> Uh, because my computer's in the shop because the T key only works about 60% of the time. And at that point, like I have to get it fixed right now because if I don't, we will definitely be doing Dave Campbell's Exus Utball at some point <laughs> in that magazine. Like that will, it like it will result in errors right. because we all read, we, we talked about it all the time that we're the only three people in the world who read this magazine cover to cover. Mm-hmm. And when you read a 400-page magazine, most of which is just dense, like copy, mm-hmm. you will overlook yeah. things like that. So I have to On get May this On May 28th, we're going to be like, all right. Uh, uh, but do, I- yeah. But do you, also, do you ever, if you use somebody else's computer mm. and they have different settings than you, it's like. You just got to, yeah. For example, my wife, who is wonderful, and I want to be clear that there's no right or wrong way to do this. But she is. has her trackpad the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on now. If you, you, you the two finger scroll, yeah. it's supposed to go a certain way. Yeah. She has it the opposite way, and it's throwing me off. Yes, you have it the correct way. Yeah, it's, it's supposed you, to be. If it's supposed to be like the trackpad's supposed to mimic like a touchpad. It's supposed if to be pulling the yeah right. But if I do that, and, yeah. Yes, she has it the opposite way. But so if you go down, it goes down. It goes, yes. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's weird. It's very <laughs> odd. Anyway, today does is, she play a lot of Halo? Yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> man. You know, FPS, you know, boy, your wife, you have, gamer. yeah, my, you, you really, nailed you nailed Tep Wife. You really nailed did. it. Today is Tuesday. Phrasing. 
<laughs> Phrasing. Yeah. Today is <laughs> today is Tuesday, February 26th, 2019. 275 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 716. 716, Travis Hafner's OPS. Oh, his hey, Shrek. The first 23 games of his career. Like That's that a one. Rangers draft pick. Man. He hit the first of his 213 career homers uh, with the Texas Rangers. That muscled up monster. And then what was his? Well, he had a dumb nickname. Shrek. No. Pronk. Oh, pronk. That's pronk. right. Yeah, pronk. Something about like a donkey? I don't know. I don't know. It yeah. might have to do with the donkey and the uh, Shrek, too. He was a he smacked up. I mean, he could just crush it. He was, he, was, he was the first of his generation of like high strikeout, yeah. high like swing. Well, I don't know. Doesn't that award go to Adam Dunn forever and always? I guess that's true. Yeah. That is true. Fellow Texan. That's right. Yeah. Damn right. On today's show, guys, we're going to break down the latest Texas high school football coaching news. Uh, some big move. It was a Monday, and so it was school board Monday. <laughs> so yeah. we have a lot of uh, a lot of breaking news. Yeah, for those who them. like aren't hip to the the rhythms yeah. of all this, if you want to just watch a bunch of step bombs drop, just saddle up to your computer around five p.m. Log on in Monday night. Five five p.m. Monday night is and usually just hang out. You will and we, here we, they come. You, they and once again the step bombs were dro- uh, dropping uh, last night. The air raid sirens were going off, and then back half of the show we'll continue our series of Texas high, or college football postmortems with a look at the North Texas Mean Green. Uh, what they did right, what they did wrong, and what we can expect in 2019. We will get into that coming up here at the back half of the show. Let's get into our Texas High School Football Coaching Carousel. You can find all of the of the um, the coaching changes at texasfootball.com slash coaching hyphen changes, um, which, uh, you know, go there. You can see all of them. There's a ton of them right now. And uh, Matt Stepp, our Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, is keeping a close eye. Uh, on all of them, but uh, let's first and foremost start with uh, you know every year. Oh God! Every there's year, one. there's one. <laughs> there's every year there's one. Every year there is one school that decides to do things the exact wrong way. <laughs> uh, two years ago, it was Desoto. No, it was last year. Last year. Last, last year. year. Well, well, no, we no. can go two years ago too. Two <laughs> years ago it was Desoto. <laughs> they had the back to back. Last, back-to-back last year, board. 2017, they didn't do necessarily do anything wrong. Yeah. Todd Pierman just said, "I'm out. Yeah. Um, I'm not here." So that was that was them. Um, we've also had. I'm trying to think of other famous um, doing things the exact wrong way coaching moves. Uh, but in any case, the award this year. <laughs> Oh, uh, Navasota. Navasota. Oh, yeah. That's an obvious one. Navasota Navasota was another good one. That's that's an obvious one. Today's, uh, (laughs) this year's award goes to McGregor. So if you have not been paying attention (sighs) to what's been going on in McGregor, um, let me give you what I believe is the public overview. There are some things we know from behind the scenes that we are not at liberty to share, but the, the head coach of the McGregor Bulldogs for the past five years, four years? Handful uh, of years. Not that many. Maybe three. I three. Three. Three, I think. Uh, was Judd Thrash. Judd Thrash, uh, the, the head coach of the McGregor Bulldogs, got them into the playoffs. Things looked like they were kind of... I think it was just two years. Yeah. Things were trending in a positive way. Things playoffs were, in his first season. Things, yeah. were going, right. things were going well overall for, for Judd Thrash. Yeah. Um, oh, Southlake was the other one. Oh, yeah. Southlake. Yeah. <laughs> Southlake was a winner last year, too. Um, that, was, that was the 2017 winner. DeSoto was the 2016 winner. And then Navasoto was 2014, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, point is... Judd Thrash, uh, things are going okay in McGregor. You know, not winning state championships, but, you know, it's, 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 it, it, things are turning into No in one reasonably from the outside expects them to win state championships. And, mm-hmm. and beyond that, I think that things are going act, actually okay for yeah. McGregor. So then the school board basically decides that they want to fire him. <laughs> and instead 
of doing the thing that you're supposed to do when you want to fire somebody, which is to um, fire, fire him. him. <laughs> Instead, they basically launch an investigation. If this sounds familiar, <laughs> uh, think about what happened with Hal Watson and Southlake. Uh, but in any case, they launch an investigation uh, into what's going on uh, with Judd Thresh because obviously this guy is doing something wrong. Right. And we, for the good of the community... Yeah. Need to get him out. Not because we don't want to pay him. Not because we don't want to pay him. We have to do this for the good of the community. Yeah. And then they look down and it's like, he's on the books for how much? So, <laughs> basically, they don't turn up anything. Yeah. yeah this is the long, the, you know, they don't, they try to find cause to fire him, basically. Because right. yeah. you can't just fire a guy willy-nilly without paying him. Yeah. Uh, they try to find cause to, to fire him. They do not find cause to fire him because, by all accounts, Jet Thrash hasn't done anything wrong. Right. <laughs> and so now, the McGregor school board looks like dum-dums. Yeah. Um, not to use a technical term, yeah. but they look like dum-dums. <laughs> yeah. And so then, the way that this all ends up sorting out, and it has to be played out, and they've decided to make this... Uh, a very public thing, and 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 they've decided to to put this for, uh, facing forward, is that uh, then they just they, they they've decided that the bridge has been burned. They cannot keep Jet Thrash oh, yeah. around, and so as a result, they have to pay Jet Thrash, uh, and they have to pay Jet Thrash the full value of his contract. How much is that, Greg? I believe I don't have the number in front of me right now, but I believe a whopping. One hundred and sixteen thousand dollars. Lump sum, cutting you a check Lump to song. go away when that direct deposit hits. Yeah, uh, man, a beautiful See day. Taxpayer dollars go. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, cool job there, McGregor <laughs> ISD School Board. <laughs> oh boy, you uh, you have now cost yourself one hundred and sixteen thousand dollars, and do not have a football coach. And by the way, and we said this during the DeSoto thing, yeah. we said this during the Southlake thing, thing to a lesser extent, we said this certainly during the Navasota thing. Mm-hmm. You wanna, you think you're getting the pick of the litter as far as applicants are concerned yeah. now when they see how you just treated the last coach? Yeah. No. Coaches talk to each other, and by the way, especially when it's public, they are certainly talking to each other about that. So, in any case, Judd Thrash, can I borrow a little bit of money? Yeah. Uh, my yeah. computer's busted. I just had to buy a new car. Things, yeah. are, things aren't going great financially for me, so if you want to PayPal me, that would be super, super good. <laughs> anyway, so McGregor's looking for a new coach. That's, that's one all, way to put it. That's one way to put it. Um, Speaking of uh, speaking of coaching moves, there was a, a one that one that we had heard about for a while. Uh, one that actually this 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 was a, um, a a situation that was there were two stanzas to it, uh, and we kind of heard for a couple of weeks leading up to both of them that these were going to come down. The first was perhaps you missed it, but this was I want to say earlier this month. Um, yeah, that's that's right. This was uh, back in this was, uh, no, it didn't say, it, but in two thousand. Uh, uh, in Crosby, Jeff Reardon, a uh, friend of the program, uh, resigned at Crosby. And I think that there may, uh, this was after seven seasons. He went 66 and 18. They went to the state semifinals in 2014. Uh, Jeff Reardon is, I think, well regarded in the state as one of the very best young coaches uh, in the state. Uh, but he resigned at Crosby. And uh, one of the reasons that we had kind of heard. Uh, that this may be coming was that there are some pretty major budgetary issues down there in Crosby. Um, 
I don't know the full specifics. We'll try to get Matt Stepp on to get the full specifics. But basically, there were some big-time money issues down there in Crosby. And I think Coach Reardon looked around and said, uh, I don't know if this is the right place for me. Yeah. So that's the one stanza we knew about kind of leading up to it. Uh, and then it happened, and it wasn't necessarily a surprise. Not long after he resigned, we started hearing rumblings of him connected to Tyler Chapel Hill out in East Texas. And you'll remember Tyler Chapel Hill in this century, in this decade rather, has been a, a bit of a power. It has been a program that has has, has been a ch- a challenging for deep playoff runs, ended up, uh, you know, uh, they've fallen back a couple for the past couple of years. Uh, but Chapel Hill uh, came open uh, when uh, Jason Hooker stepped down after two years uh, there at, at, at Chapel Hill. Well, last night, you know, we started hearing Jeff Reardon connected to that. And if you if you're want to connect dots, this is something I know from a personal perspective. Um, I believe uh, Jeff Reardon's wife is from East Texas. I believe that's the case. I think she's from Lindale. And as a result, I believe they have family up there. So a move to East Texas seemed like a prudent move. And so last night, something that we had heard rumblings about came to fruition as Jeff Reardon was introduced as a new head coach at Tyler Chapel Hill. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens uh, there with, uh, uh, with the Bulldogs. Very interesting because again, this is a program that has won. It does have a state championship to, or um, uh, yeah, it does have a state championship to its name. Um, they have been a power recently, and you you figure that with a guy like Jeff Reardon, a guy who is well respected, a guy who helped to build Crosby into a, a bona fide contender down there in the Houston area, you figure uh, he they're going to be back in short order. So mm-hmm. Jeff Reardon, the new coach at at uh, rather at Tyler Chapel Hill. Finally, one other East Texas note: um, the new head coach. Uh, Grapeland, the Sandys, have a new head coach, uh, and it is a guy that uh, you may remember. So Wayne Mahaffey uh, had been at Grapeland for uh, ever. Uh, he'd been there for 22 years, uh, 133 and 13. Um, he uh, he was a guy who had a uh, terrific. Uh, terrific record. He had a state championship in 1990 with Bartlett. Um, he was at Bartlett, Kaufman, Wimberley, Rusk, and then Grapeland. Um, he had been, or rather, he spent 22 years as a head coach. Um, he has announced his retirement. We wish him the very best in retirement. Uh, but Grapeland, a team that went 10 and 2 last year, 10 win team a year ago, uh, looking for a head coach. Uh, they have hired uh, the former Harleton coach, but probably more well known as the former Tenahaw coach in Terry Ward. Terry Ward uh, left um, uh, left after four seasons at Harleton. Harleton's a pretty tough gig. Uh, he he left after uh, four seasons there. Uh, now moving on to Grapeland to take over uh, for Wayne Mahaffey uh, there at at, uh, at Grapeland. So be very interesting to see what the Sandys do, building off of a really impressive year in 2018 uh, with a, a coach with uh, with pedigree and Terry Ward. So we're excited to see uh, what uh, what the uh, the Sandys do in 2018. Uh, if you need all the coaching moves, you can find them at TexasFootball.com. Uh, Matt Stepp is updating it pretty much every day, so make sure you go and check it out at TexasFootball.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. If you want to get the 2019 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football mailed to you directly, and you want to get it early, the only way to 
get it is to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. So, Texas Football Accomplished Insider, you get two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at texasfootball.com, all sorts of good stuff for the low, low price of $19.95 for the first year. Makes a great gift as well, texasfootball.com, to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Let's now shift gears over to college football, continuing our series of college football postmortems. We've arrived at the North Texas Mean Green, the meanest green of them all. <laughs> uh, mean Green go nine and four, uh, nine and three in the regular season. Uh, get uh, kind of murderated in their uh, their bowl game, uh, <laughs> but uh, nine and three or nine and four rather on the year for the Mean Green. And so let's let's take a look at them. This is the team that we had a feeling could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. It ended up being pretty good, mm-hmm. and I think overall we we may end up wondering if it couldn't have been a little bit better. Sure, uh, we'll kind of break down why that is. Uh, but uh, but overall, you know, you don't look at, especially at North Texas. You don't look a nine win team in the mouth. And in a lot of ways, you should just look at you. You are what your record says you are. Uh, they were a nine and four team. They went on the road and got a win over an SEC team. All of that is very good, and and they it, it, at this point, if you are disappointed, that falls into the category of picking nits in my mind. Uh, so uh, let's now pick those nits. Let's get into. Uh, let's start with what went right. Yeah. What went right? Um, you know, you you would say overall the offense, and, and I do think sure. that that's that's true. The offense was overall pretty darn good. I think we kind of expected that heading into the year. Yeah, we did. We expected yeah. them to be pretty good, and overall, the, the the balance that they had was pretty good as well. They were 39th in the nation in rushing S and P, and 61st in the nation in passing S and P, which may actually surprise you. But this was a team that did run the ball pretty effectively, um, and that's something that I think kind of goes underrated about them. Uh, but the biggest thing for them is that they. Um, they hit home runs. Yep. Uh, they had big plays um, pretty much whenever whenever they wanted to, and that was the biggest thing they did. And they did it early in the in, in downs. They did it on first and second down. It was where they hit a lot of home runs. Um, but this was a team that, that overall, offensively, uh, was pretty darn good. Um, the other thing for me um, that I think was, was particularly interesting is that they were a team that was outstanding, outstanding in special teams. Mm-hmm. Fifth in the nation in special teams S and P plus. Part of that is that uh, they had a really reliable kicker, kicker in Cole Headland, a guy who was the transfer from Arkansas, former Argyle kid, um, and he was spectacular for them. Uh, they were also very good at returning. Returning, of mm-hmm. course, people remember Keegan Brewer's uh, incredible fake fair catch. Yeah, uh, ret- return for a touchdown. Easily one of the top plays of the year. DeAndre Torrey was a really, really good um, uh, uh, kick returner. A lot of good stuff going on there, and their punting was pretty good. Pretty good as well uh, with Alvin Kenworthy. So overall, their their special teams were really good. By the way, do you, you hear what Keegan Brewer's doing? He left the football I, team. I was about to say, yeah, he left football. Is, is to he go be a firefighter. Fire, there you go, okay. He's going to go be a firefighter. That's what he does. Which is like, right, yeah, he knows. cool, man. Awesome. <laughs> Good for you. He's like, you know what? Yes. My, career, my career, I have my highlight. They were an, <laughs> they're an excellent field goal kicking team. They're an yeah. excellent punting team. They're an excellent kick returning team. And mm-hmm. as a result, uh, that gets you pretty high up in the special teams ratings. So overall, and then the other thing is, I don't want to kind of crap on it, but the defense is actually pretty good as well. I was going to say, like, the defense last year was really bad. <laughs> like, there's no other yeah. way around it. Uh, this year, they weren't great, but it was like, it's simi- in, similar, in a similar fashion to Texas Tech, they took mm-hmm. a significant step forward. They're still probably that tier below probably like yeah. national average or like national mm-hmm. above average but considering what i think they were in the hundreds last year like mm-hmm. some advanced metrics they're kind of in the 70s now this the defense year, so. the defense was pretty good yeah. and the defense most importantly uh the defense um was pretty good just kind of 
on your average play. Sure. That the average play went from a five-yard carry to like a two-yard carry, and mm-hmm. that's very good. They still gave up a few big, a lot of big plays. We'll get into that in a moment. But right. overall, I think you look at the defense, uh, you know, especially defensively, um, you know, uh, as far as efficiency is concerned, mm-hmm. um, they were pretty darn good. So I would say overall you, you would look at that. Um, so there's that. For example, one more thing about the offense. This is an interesting stat that I just saw. The percentage of their first downs that mm-hmm. came on first and second down was 76.3%. That's eighth in the nation. They did mm. a lot of damage on first and second down. Nice. We'll get into third down here in a moment when we talk about what went wrong. Sure. So what went wrong for them, um, this was actually a remarkably, remarkably bad team when they got into third down. Mm. Um if they were not doing a lot of damage on first and, first and second down, uh, they were in trouble. Their average third down distance was 7.6 yards. That is 84th in the nation. That is not good. Yeah. They were also, by the way, 92nd in the nation at converting those third downs. Those mm-hmm. two things I think you can tie together. Mm-hmm. If they were not staying ahead of the chains or they weren't basically getting a first down on second down. Hitting those big plays. Hitting those big plays. Yeah. It was not going well for them. Um, they were particularly bad in, in you know, in third, you know, they had a lot of third and longs. Mm-hmm. 52.5% of their third downs were third and longs. That is not good. That's not a way to live. Yeah. Um, the other thing for me that's a little bit interesting is that this was a team that, for all we talk about the offense, um, they were not particularly... You know they were not particularly good if they weren't hitting home runs. Mm-hmm. Efficiency, per, efficiency wise, they were only okay. Yeah, they were they were fine. But overall, that that was that was not a way that they were they were winning games. The other thing is, for me, they were bad and cl- they were pretty bad in close games mm-hmm. overall, and they played a lot of them. Yeah. Okay, I think the one loss I saw was the LaTeX game. Yes, where it was oh they just, they blew the game. LaTeX they should have won. Yeah, LaTeX. I mean, you look at a lot of the probably except for Utah State, which is mm-hmm. probably a lot of other circumstances. Yes. But all their losses, you look back and you're like, wow, that's a bad loss. Like they were UAB, basically, you know, is here's the thing. kind of understandable. UAB is really good, but like Old Dominion, so LaTeX. Right. So here's the thing: if you look at um. Uh, S&P Plus does a thing called adjusted scoring margin, mm-hmm. which is you take, you just look at the box score. Yeah. You're not looking at anything else. You're just looking at the box score and you say, okay, who should have won and by how much? Mm-hmm. Based on that, they should have lost only two games this year. Yeah. Uh, not including the bowl game. Two sure. games of regular season. Now, one of them they won. They should have lost the UTEP game. Okay? And we yeah. all remember that. We remember yeah. going on the road. We were, we were sitting there Saturday and nobody's paying attention to this game because it's like uh, it's North Texas playing UTEP. They're yeah. going to murder them. And then suddenly it's like twenty-one seventeen in the fourth quarter. You go, oh my Is, god! Are they gonna blow it here? <laughs> they should have lost that game. Yeah. The only other game they should have lost was UAB. Yeah. Every other game they should have won, uh, but obviously there were some that they didn't. They should have won Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech was a they did miserable game to watch. They should have beaten Old Dominion, yeah. and they didn't. Um, they gave away a couple of games, and so to me, if you want to if you want to argue against North Texas, they lost a lot on the margins, mm-hmm. and that's something that that is a little bit disappointing. And I think that one thing we kept, that kind of emerged through the season, and I I think it honestly emerged in the season opener mm-hmm. was Mason Fine gets hit a lot. So that's the thing. Yeah, his so the, what's funny is that the sack rate is not terrible. No, they were, they sack were, rate they were is thir- not terrible. They're 39th in the nation in, in sack rate, right. which is not bad. That's mm-hmm. You know, you can take that. Sure. But 
you're right. He took a, a hit. He a lot. he was getting the ball away. Like, yeah. he was a guy who was hurried a lot. And was, I, we don't have a metric on hurries, but I remember it was, it was against SMU, which is a with a blowout win. But mm-hmm. I remember like fourth quarter, I'm watching. I'm like, he's getting hit. There was like three hits where I'm like, they're up by like twenty or thirty, however much it was, yeah. fifteen. Uh, a couple. They're up by a couple scores, but like he was still getting drilled. And I'm yeah. like, this is, does not look good. And of course, it kind of culminated when he got hurt. Uh, later on in the year, I think against UTSA. Sounds right. Yeah, um, when we thought like he broke his hand or something. And, um, yeah, it, that's going to be something to watch for next year. From the defensive perspective, the defense gave up too many big pass plays, mm-hmm. um, and then they also just they were only okay against the run, but then they did not get after the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the 80th in the nation sack rate. That's not going to do it. So um, that's what went wrong. Offensive MVP. I think we're, we, we'd be getting too cute if we did anybody besides Mason Fine. <laughs> right. Right? I mean, there's an argument for a guy to, like Rico Bussey. Sure. Uh, there's, I, I think you can squint and say DeAndre Torrey, who was nearly a 1,000-yard rusher. He had 15 mm-hmm. touchdowns on the year. Sure. You can squint that, but I also think that we would just be trying to get too cute. And overall, I think you look at them and you look at it. It's got to be Mason Fine. I yeah. think he was the offensive MVP. Defensive MVP, uh, probably EJ Ajaya. Uh, he led mm-hmm. the team in tackles. He led the team in tackles for loss at 25. He had nine sacks. This guy was everywhere on this team. Um, and, and one of the most expl- – like you, you were looking for a guy to make splash plays. He's a guy who made splash plays. Honorable mention probably to, to Nate Brooks and maybe Kiari Muhammad as well. So then what's ahead? Here's the good news for North Texas is that like if you like what they did overall offensively, a lot of it's coming back. Yep. Quarterback's back. Both, you know, all their top running backs are back in DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Torrey, Lauren Easley, Nick Smith. Um, the receivers are back. Rico Bussey, Jalen Guyton, Jalen Darden. A lot of these guys are back. Um, so, overall, offensively, you got to feel like it's going to be steady as she goes. There's going to be some questions on the offensive line. Well, there's also going to be questions that probably play caller as well. Play caller as well. they got a new offensive Graham Harrell's at USC now. I believe the new guy is, is Bodie Reader from Eastern Washington. Bodie. Bodie Reader. Bodie Reader. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Eastern Washington had successful offenses in the yes. FCS. I think they made the title game this past year. This is a very on-brand hire for um, uh, for Seth Luttrell. Yeah. Because, in a lot of ways, like, you look at Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell was the ho- the new hotness, mm-hmm. right? He's <laughs> right. like, oh, this is the young guy, the young prospect we're going to bring up, and he's going to take the world by storm. Everyone's going to be talking about him. Yeah. And he was right. Everyone, a lot of people were talking about Graham Harrell. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the new guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 32 years old. 32. He's a young, young guy and, and a guy who is, I think, going to make that impact for North Texas. And, and they're kind of betting on, we hit on Graham Harrell, mm-hmm. like kind of a young guy in his fr- kind of given his, this job in, in, in the first real way. Right. Here's the guy who's getting the, the kind of the promotion, if you will, from the FCS level to, to take over an FC, FBS offense with a great quarterback, a great, great inheriting good situation. Yeah. Last year, I, uh, it says right here, Eastern Washington was third in the country in yards per game. His first year in 2017, they were fifth in the yeah. nation in yards per game. Uh, I'm curious to see the numbers I'm interested in are – how much North Texas maybe opens up the running a little more because mm-hmm. uh, Eastern Washington, I believe, had a 1,500-yard rusher and then I think a 1,000-yard rusher his first season. Mm. So I'm curious if it's going to be a little bit more balanced or if they stick with Seth Luttrell's you know, yeah. roots and just stick to air raid and kind of using the run as kind of a foil. And so then – but the other side of it, the defense, <laughs> I mean, they're losing a lot. EJ Ajay is gone. Nate Brooks is gone. Brandon Garner is gone. Kamon Hall is gone. I mean, there's a lot of guys who who they're going to have to replace sure. from this defense. You know, when we looked at this, 
we, we, you know, we thought the offense could be good mm-hmm. in spite of their youth. We thought the defense would be pretty good because of their experience. Now you kind of flip that. Yep. And that's kind of what we're, we're, we're facing with North Texas. Um, the schedule also, um, you know, the, one of the things that we liked about them that last year was that the schedule set up pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, look, they got to go to Louisiana Tech. And uh, they got to go to Southern Miss, and they got to go to Florida Atlantic, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a more difficult schedule as a result. And so and at, at Cal, they're Cal at Cal was a seven and six team last year, right? So like you know, a second year under Justin Wilcox, uh, and they're yeah. play, are they playing uh, Houston this year? They got yeah, they go to Houston uh, September twenty eighth, or no, sorry, they, Houston comes to them. So Houston comes to Jacob, Jacob John points out that's a big one. Yeah, it's that's a, it's a, a, it's a, a tough end. schedule. Yeah, it's a tough schedule. It's a tougher schedule. So SMU in their second year. Right, under, uh, it's under it, like it's going to be a tougher, a tougher schedule. But again, overall, when we're talking about North Texas, again, I don't want to look at a nine-win team and say, "Oh no, it's disappointment," because it wasn't. It no. was great. Yeah. Uh, could they have? You know, were, did we have a little bit higher expectations? Yeah, we did. But at the same time, this is a program clearly pointed up. And I think that 2019 will be a very big year to continue that trajectory. Uh, if they do so, then you're talking about maybe some staying power uh, for North Texas. I'm curious how much. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm curious how much uh, a lot of the seniors, or how much pressure they're putting on themselves for this upcoming season. Oh yeah. Because like this is the group that you know, Seth Latrell. Like we always speculate Seth Latrell is going to leave. Seth Latrell is going to leave. I, I think we always. I think we. I don't want to say it's universally known, but mm-hmm. like it's kind of universally speculated that he wants to ride out this year, especially yep. with this group of guys, his quarterback, mm-hmm. this talented group of receivers, and like maybe try to get to that 11 yep. win, 10, 11 win, win a conference mark. title. Yeah, win a conference title, and then maybe ride off into the sunset. So I don't right. know. And then especially for Mason Fine, who definitely wants that for his coach, who definitely wants that for the school. There's a lot that comes with those expectations. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in a while, UNT is playing like – you know, you mentioned it. Nine wins is nothing to sneeze at, but now they're playing. Now this season, the expectation is nine wins, right? Eight, nine wins. So now it's like, okay, that's the floor. Now, do we want to just go back to the floor? Or do we want to re- like, you know, I don't know. There's something interesting about that kind of mentality going in. Is we're like, okay, that's the standard now, right? So that no, you're exactly right, and that's to me. And when you look at look, and and I'll be honest, when you look at Conference USA. Mm-hmm. Especially Conference USA West, yeah, man, it's there. Yeah, like, it's uh, like, right who's there. the it's best? Who's the best team Conference USA had in next year? Southern Miss, maybe. <sighs> um, Marshall, right? I mean, the thing is, I think that Conference USA is there for the taking, and at the very least, if you want the West, right? Yeah, the West. Yeah, okay, yeah. If you want to say that there is a team that is better than Con- than North Texas, that's fine. But I also don't think that there's a runaway. Sure, there have been past years where there was a team to beat. I mean, does UAB lose a lot? I don't know. Yeah, UAB okay. loses a fair amount. So overall, look, it's there for North Texas. It's all yeah. in front of them. My, my question, can they grab it? And a, mm-hmm. a lot of that, I think, is going to come down uh, to how they react to the new offense coordinator and what they do defensively. So yep. there's that. That's our North Texas postmortem. And now we go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Hee-haw. Uh, Andrew Christensen would like to point out. Andrew's becoming one of our better commenters, by the way. I have to point Stop complimenting. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Guy. He's joining the, the group of my favorite people. He's... Uh, Hey, just because they don't give either of you any love. <laughs> also, also, Ish, you're going to want to take that back because he's making fun of Tepper. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrew says, uh, back to yesterday's <laughs> show, I think the real reason Callan wasn't put on there is because Tepper is jealous of Coach Danaher's dashing good looks. I mean, Mr. Tepper, you every time they're both on camera together, he steals a show. Uh, it's true. I... 
would like to plead the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to talk about uh, Coach Danher's dash and good looks? <clears throat> That's disrespectful. Okay. It's coaching legend, sir. Now, Miziel has some questions for Ish. Oh, yeah, no. finally. Yeah. God, see, this is what you guys do. Expose him! Can we, can we not? You guys sit here. We, you guys we, sit here. Can we not expose Ishmael? You guys sit here and throw jabs I'll at behalf, me. I'll be happy Ishmael. Remember, I got, I got the power button over here, so you just calm down over there. whatever. He wants to know your thoughts on the uh, playoff games today. He's uh, thinking about going to Maynard versus uh, Cedar Park in Georgetown. Ooh. Oh, nice. Yeah, go check You're out. You're going to uh, a couple games, right? Yeah, me and Step will be at the Wilk in Fort Worth to see Duncanville and DeSoto and North Crowley, and I'm forgetting the other game. But uh, we're uh, uh, Trinity. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Trinity. That should yeah. be a good one. Is there semifinals? No, no. Boys are in third round. Third round. Okay. Yeah. No, that's no. right. The, the girls the are girls are in the girls, girls are at state state playoffs. Yeah, they're the regional semifinals. I'll be hitting. Mm. Yes. Um, and I'll be I'll actually be in San Antonio for that. Uh, probably missed the first couple of games on Thursday, the semi the first couple of semifinals on Thursday. I think that's the one A and three A, but I should be there for the rest of the weekend. By the, by the way, speaking of which, what's the plan the rest of the? Let's book this. Let's produce. By the way, yes. Ma- the- by the way, oh, hold on. Uh, Mainers. Uh, I forgot his name. Shed. His brother Jalen Shed plays point guard for Texas State, but Mainers uh, point guard uh, last name Shed. Stud, stud player. He's gonna be uh, somewhere, someone to watch for the next couple of years. Well, so. there you go. So there's a recommendation. Go let's, oh. let's produce this show on the on on, on air. Okay. Um, what's the plan the next couple of days? Okay. So yeah. <laughs> so I. Uh, well, uh, I am out of town. <laughs> if you guys are like, if yeah. you guys have been, guys, we're yeah. 715 episodes into this thing. Right. If you're expecting anything else, sure. Um, yeah. No, this is how this goes. I'm out of town the next three days. Jamal Shed, by the way. That was this is the Jamal Shed. There you go. Uh, Mainer point guard. I will not be here to produce it. So that means one of two things. We could do at least one more episode this afternoon. Uh, do we let dealer's choice? If someone can come up with a good idea for us to do a show here in the next two minutes, two minutes <laughs> that we'll do that show. Yeah, <laughs> Come um, up with a topic for us and we'll do a show for you. Tomorrow. Right, yeah. And then uh, otherwise you're going to be hoping that Tepper sits in front of this camera by himself and does a just 30-minute uh, freestyle extemporaneous football speech. <laughs> uh, he's... He's not interested. Not nope. Interested. That's a hard nope. Uh, and I'll, you know what? I'll tell you guys. I'm going to San Francisco for a few days. If anyone wants to come along, you know, it's late notice. But uh, <laughs> you guys. Why are you are, going to a wedding? Uh, no, I just got a cheap flight, and my buddy lives out there. So, for and I've never, I've, I've never been. It's, no. And this is our this off guy. season, right? This yeah. You know what you should see. Let me give you a little oh, insider here, tip. Here is this where you go. tell me about the cable car museum again? <laughs> no. Okay. There's a bridge. It's called the Golden Gate Bridge. Ooh, oh, I, I've um, heard of this. I've heard tell. It is uh, like um, n- not many people know about this, um, but check that out. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Also, see if you can see the Tanner family. The yeah. Tanner family. That's a that's a Full House joke. Uh, that's a Full House joke. <laughs> Jacob John wants to do, uh, do a, a coaching higher update. What? That was the first half of the show today, Jacob. <laughs> the hell. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh, he wants to go. Uh, who's done the best? That's the, mo- oh, who's the, the most bu- interesting. Oh, most interesting. Hire. I think that would be a good topic for a tap and step issue podcast teaser drop. <laughs> Maybe we could step on the phone and do a little show here this afternoon sometime, though. That'd be fun. Okay, we could do something like that. That'd be easy. We'll have a show for tomorrow. I'll come out to that. No, no, no we can do it. We get, I bet we get step on the phone at some point for like fifteen minutes a day. It might be a short show. That's okay. It might only be like a one segment show. That's that's fine. Um. um yeah, no, these that's decent. That's okay. a decent idea. I like that. 
That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Max Thompson and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow. We'll tape it's on Texas Football. <laughs>